take you through and mainly read a, a Bible reading from Jeremiah chapter 35. And um, I, I will do a little commentary on it, um, but it's it's mainly to read it and to pray. And, and, and I, I am on my heart for us to pray and to maintain this theme of repentance and returning to the Lord. This is a great opportunity for spiritual cleansing and for returning to the Lord with all one's heart, for reflecting on one's life and saying, Lord, in this season of lockdown, it can kind of frame something for us and help us reframe our lives and, and reflect. And it's not easy. Now, for some of us, or some of you, maybe there's you've a lot more time on your hands. When in this lockdown, I thought, you know what, we're going to be able to get, I'm able to get some more study done. I'll be able to catch up some things for at home because I won't be traveling. And actually, it's not been like that at all. We have been extremely busy from very early morning right through into late at night. And it's not just the responsibilities we share in, in running Kensington Temple and London City Church, but also my role on the national leadership team for the whole of the Elam Pentecostal denomination. So we are, we are very busy with all of that. But nevertheless, reflection is possible. And, and here we have in Jeremiah chapter 35, it is coming to the very end of the time of Judah, <laughs> where the Babylonians are already very active. And then in verse 30, verse 1 of chapter 35, it says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, go to the house of Rechabites and speak with them and bring them to the house of the Lord into one of the chambers, then offer them wine to drink. So I took Jazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, son of Habazaniah, and his brothers, and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. I brought them to the house of the Lord into the chamber of the sons of Hanan and the son of Igladiah, the man of God, which I, I just see if I pronounced that name right. I don't think I did, but anyway, let's go on. The man of God, which was near the chamber of the officials above the chamber of Messiah, the son of Shalom, keeper of the threshold. Then I set before the Rechabites pitchers full of wine and cups and said to them, drink wine. But they answered, we will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, you shall not drink wine, neither you nor your sons forever. You shall not build a house, you shall not sow seed, you shall not plant or have a vineyard, but you shall live in tents all your days, that you may live many days in the land where you sojourn. We have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, and all that he commanded us to drink, no wine all our days, ourselves, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, not to build houses or dwell in. We have no vineyards or field or seed, but we've lived in tents and have obeyed and done all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the land, we said, the army of the Chaldeans and the army of the Syrians, so we are living in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, go and say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, you will not, will you not receive instruction and listen to my words, declares the Lord? 
The command that Jonadab, the son of Rechab, gave to his sons to drink no wine has been kept, and they drank none to this day, for they have obeyed their father's command. I have spoken to you persistently, but you have not listened to me. I've sent you all my servants, the prophets, sending them persistently, saying, Turn now every one of you from his evil way and amend your deeds and do not go after other gods to serve them. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave you and your fathers. But you did not incline your ear or listen to me. The sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have kept the command that their father gave them, but this people has not obeyed me. Therefore, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I'm bringing upon Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, all the disaster that I pronounced upon them because I've spoken to them and they have not listened. I have called to them and they have not answered. But of the house of the Rechabites, Jeremiah said, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, because you have obeyed the command of Jonadab, your father, and kept all his precepts and done all that he commanded you. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall never lack a man to stand before me. Now, it's part of our daily Bible reading, but I find it powerful and pertinent. Here is yet another final reminder, yet another evidence that Judah's sin of that generation was so deep and so pronounced that there was going to be no change in their heart. But there were, were remnants. There was a remnant the Rechabites, and God had noticed how that way back in their history, they had sworn an oath to live differently, to live differently from the, the way in which God permitted others to live. There was no sin in taking wine in Israel. There was no sin in building houses or planting seeds or having vineyards. No, these things were encouraged in normal, regular daily life. But here was a group of people that made a covenant to set themselves apart to the Lord in a particular way. Now, they didn't have to do that. That was their love, their commitment, and but they stuck to it. And they remained faithful right up to this point when Nebuchadnezzar's armies came and they said, we can't live in tents outside of the city. So they, they actually came in to the city. And that was the only exception to this longstanding rule that they had kept in, in a commitment to God. And God saw their obedience and said, you have stuck firm. You have not listened to what other people have said you've not turned away uh, and and complained against the god of your israel uh, the god of israel you uh, the god of judah you've not complained you've not turned your heart away from the lord you've not been amongst those who are discontented with what god has given you and therefore have gone chasing other things satisfaction in other things you 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 ha you have you have served You've been honorable. You've kept your word. You've kept the faith. And you've kept it to a higher standard than even I ever called from you. And I will honor you. And because of that, there will not be one uh, generation that there will be not. <laughs> all the generations 
uh, uh, the Rechabites would not lack one person to stand, one man to stand before the Lord. Whereas those who had turned away from God and had continued to turn away from God, that they were going to miss out big time. And that is really putting it mildly. So this, for me, carries a, a particular anointing today. It's a particular sense of spiritual authority about this passage today. It happened to be one that we would have read anyway, but it seems that God has brought us to this for this moment and, and for this season. And in the second half, the second phase of our lockdown, I want us to go deeper and deeper with God. And I want us to go back to our roots, go back to our first love, go back to those promises we made to God at the beginning. Some of us made problem, uh, made promises which were like, you know, big promises. And we, we made pledges to God. We're going to serve God. We're going to do things that other people may not be doing. We are going to go further than others. Not that we were trying to say we're better than others, but we had a, a heart after God. And this is Kensington Temple, my friends. This is Kensington Temple. And I can speak on behalf of Kensington Temple over three decades of my senior leadership. And before that, four decades, maybe even, even more than that, my first in, in introduction to Kensington Temple was 1972 when I was baptized there. 1972. Somebody tell me how many years ago that is. 1972. Amazing. And I can speak for 48. from from 48. Thank you. That's that's in the fifth decade, nearly five decades. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. If it's 48 years, four decades is 40. And uh, uh, coming up to five decades. Five decades I can speak from personal experience of what I've seen and witnessed in Kensington Temple. And before that, you think five decades ago, 48 years ago, the, the people I could speak to uh, in KT in those days who would go right back to the very beginning. So I, 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 I want to say I have my finger on that pulse and I know, I know the passion. I know that Kensington Temple is a kind of Ricobite church. It's no comment about us not buying property, no comment about, about having a teetotal, a total abstinence view of the use of alcohol. That is a wise position, and many, many take it. But this is not about those details of holiness, which are often used in a legalistic way of self-righteousness and of condemnation of others. No, there is something deeper here. There is a purity of spirit, which goes back to an innocence uh, way back decades and decades ago of a group of people and we've had remnants of those people ever since and you are the people who carried the anointing from one generation to another generation and I am calling Kensington Temple back to its first love. I'm calling Kensington Temple back to a repentance walking in the spirit of simplicity and also uh, aspiration. Aspiration meaning we aspire to be more than, to be more than the norm. We inspire to be different. And by that, it's not setting ourselves out as being arrogant, like any more than the Rechabites who simply in innocence and in, 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 in openness of heart pledged to live in a certain way. 
So Kensington Temple has a pledge and a covenant with God to live in a certain way, to be a breakthrough church, to be a church that will not be pushed into some kind of a mold. And I say it with, with great respect, even a denominational mold. I am a, a faithful denominational leader, but one of my roles in our denomination is to push the boundaries. And Kensington Temple has pushed the boundaries, not negatively, but positively. And things that were a scandal that we did, like plant our own churches and, and grow our own leaders now, is right across the whole of the movement. And others are doing great things and greater things than, 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 than this. So it's not that we are special in any particular way, but we are who we are. And God has called us to be that. And as we flow from de decade to decade, from generation to generation, and enter now the 2020s, which is going to be one of the most difficult decades that Kensington Temple has ever faced. And there's going to be times of such great challenge. But in that time, we're going to rise up and we're going to be faithful to our Rechabite vow. We're going to be faithful to what God has called us to do. We're going to be faithful to what God has called us to be. And this isn't tickling the ears of the saints and stroking people's egos at the door or in the counseling area, or, or anywhere. We are not here for that. We are here for the kingdom of God, and we will drive forward in the plans of God's kingdom to see Satan's kingdom pushed back. We are not playing church. We are the church. Not the whole of the church, but we are church. And there is a real deepening of the Holy Spirit. We are prophesying a renewal of God which we can use words very easily, renewal, restoration, revival, reformation, and they all happen to begin with R, but, but there is something new happening, and we are part of it, and we are carrying it, but it won't happen unless and until we humble ourselves and pray, not just pray, but humble ourselves and pray. When we put, put down the pointing, put away the pointing of the finger, and we actually unite in the spirit and recognize that God, God's authority and God's anointing and God's spirit is upon the leadership of Kensington Temple and has been down through the years and will be by the grace of God in the years to come. And Kensington Temple is bigger than any, bigger than Amanda and me, bigger than any of us. But there is a now moment in which God is saying, return to me and I will return to you. Pour out your spirit upon us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Pardon? Sorry, I was just looking. At the time. Mm -hmm. Go, yes, Amanda's reminded of the time. Bless you, Amanda. We don't have to stop at 9.30. We don't have to stop. We're going to, and, and I'm not going to stop because God is in this right now. And we're going to pray. Everybody pray. I would like you to begin, bring, begin to pray right now. Everybody pray. Father, we stir up our hearts right now. Come on, people. This is real intercession. Stir up our hearts, Father, right now. And we do so, Father, in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, that there'll be a fresh turning to the Lord, a fresh returning to the Lord. And the people, Father, who are living uh, 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 for their own desires and call it church, people who are, who are seeking their own desires their own wishes and call it the will of God and father all of this we we all need you because we all struggle with with the with the operation of the flesh in us but we want more of your Holy Spirit and so father in Jesus name I come against every negative attitude and thought and spirit of division of interruption 
and of spiritual laziness and spiritual complacency and 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 criticism and spiritual ignorance and and we come against all of these things in jesus name and we pray for the light and the revelation of the glory of god to come let your light shine afresh let your glory rise afresh upon your people in ktlcc and in the body of Christ throughout London and Great Britain, we pray that the Church of Jesus Christ will rise up with strong restorational power and, and strong reformational authority. And there will be a reformation in the lives of churches. And this coronavirus lockdown will be the, the thing that fully ignites it when people realize that this is serious business. We're dealing with heaven and hell. We're dealing with life and death. We're dealing with eternity. And these issues are bigger than us the bigger than the color of our carpets the bigger than the than our personal preferences bigger than our personal choices this is your kingdom and we want your will to come and therefore father we surrender to you in a new and fresh way and we ask for a wave of spiritual repentance to come and a sense of renewal to come amongst god's people and we pray father for all self-centered attitudes to be broken and all a, a, a spirit of criticism and judgmentalism will come and legalism to go and in that will be a glorious restoration of the true relationship with jesus christ that we all crave and father we ask you to forgive us at every point when we've gone away from our first love where we've walked away from our first commitment when we have nullified the promises that god uh, we have made to god Restore us, we pray, Father, and in restoring our hearts, we pray for a fresh move of your Holy Spirit, of the miraculous, of the prophetic, of spiritual anointing, of power and of deliverance and of salvation. Raise up a banner, we pray, afresh in Jesus' mighty name and the authority of the Holy Spirit rest upon your people in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and we declare Satan is defeated, and we lift up the banner of victory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you.